up this morning I saw a world full of trouble now I thought, how did we ever get so far down? How's it ever gonna turn around? So I turned my eyes toward heaven I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought the people living in poverty and children sold into slavery The thought disgusted me so I shook my fist at heaven And I said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did Go to the book of Acts. The 
book of Acts. And we will, hopefully, we'll get around there to John 3.16. Mark thought you might like to read the end. The info enclosed, interesting and funny. Enjoyed your sermon Sunday, always thinking of you, Roger Dromgold. He goes to Centralia Branch. And this, does, uh, this letter does as well. Her name was Linda, and I don't have her last name. It wouldn't matter. I wouldn't have been able to pronounce it. Uh, during my last round of chemo, Pastor Steve came to visit. He came to visit me, and he prayed. I felt then that I was safe and everything would be just fine. After nine months of being poked, poisoned, and cut on, I've just been diagnosed as cancer-free. Hallelujah to that. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I thank God for this. And also, she's been attending cancer support groups and still witness to anyone who will listen. I praise and thank God every day for the many blessings He has given me. Through all of this, I have learned many things. The insurance company is not your friend, but you need them anyway. <laughs> when your knees are knocking, it's time to kneel. Anytime you call out Jesus' name, he will be there. Yes. Number four, my friends and family are really amazing. Five, you will have empathy with others. Six, there is nothing that myself and God together cannot handle. Number seven, God loves me unconditionally. Pastor Mark, my prayers are for you and your comfort, peace, and complete healing. May God bless and keep you always, Linda. Linda, thank you very much. Let me get to where we are going. Today, the message is do something. Acts chapter 1, verse number 1. The former treaties have I made... O Theophilus, those that was here Wednesday night don't think I could ever pronounce a word like that. But uh, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Repeat that with me. To do and to teach. To do and to teach. To do and to teach. One more time. To do and to teach. The doing was first or the teaching was first? The doing was first. Hallelujah. The doing was first. Lord, take the few words that we will speak here this morning. And I'm believing, God, that they will be beneficial for everyone that hears. In Jesus' name, amen. All Christians are not disciples. All Christians are not disciples. There are a lot of Christians in America, I think, Two-thirds of the people in America claim to be Christian people. My question is, where are the disciples? See, a Christian is someone that believes in Jesus, believes on Christ. That's good. But there's another step. Because a disciple is a disciplined one. One who you've heard me say over and over and over, read two chapters in your Bible every day and pray every day. One who has discipline in their life. One that, oh, well, somebody said something bad, and I just don't know if I'll ever be able to handle it. I go back there again. I just don't know. The preacher didn't look at me, and I thought he was going to look at me today. <laughs> In Acts chapter 9, 
God gave a man by the name of Ananias one of the most difficult jobs on the planet. Go and speak to the guy that's killing all the Christians. Go talk. We're just going to call him Paul because his name gets changed later on. Go and talk to Paul. Now, I know, this guy knows who Paul is. And his knees are shaking. And it's like one of the things, oh, Lord, don't you know? Well, yes, God knows how mean and bad this guy is. Go and speak to him. Arise and go and speak to him. And immediately the man got off his blessed assurance and did what God told him to do. Immediately, not waiting, not talking himself out of it. Oh, well, that really wasn't God. That was, that was the enemy. I'm going to tell you what. If God speaks to your heart to go talk to the meanest, baddest guy, I mean the cigar-smoking, uh, whiskey-drinking, womanizing guy in all the county, and if you think that's the enemy, the devil, you got something wrong with you. Because the enemy ain't going to tell you to do that. God is. God is. Most difficult job, and listen to me, you do the most difficult job, you do it first. You go to bed thinking about something that I've got to go talk to Harry, you need to go talk to Harry the very first thing. Do the most difficult job first. Ananias, by doing what God told him to do, helped shape the entire church world. Because he won somebody that's going to win a whole lot of other somebodies. That's why it's beneficial from time to time to have all these little ones paraded in front of you. Because there might be a Billy Graham in that bunch. Some of you teachers, I know you have a time with it and I know you have fits with it sometimes. And it's like, that kid, that kid's the devil. That kid's the devil. You never know. You never know what God can have and why and how and, how and why God would use somebody. You never know who's back there. You never know. Yeah, it may be somebody who goes through a bunch of stuff, but God rescues them anyway. There might be a Nikki Cruz back there that God can use. Arise and go. Ananias said, I've heard how much evil he's done. And God said, Go. And he went, and it helped shape the church. You know what that takes? That takes character. And a lot of people are low on character. They would never do that. They would never do that. I think the greatest need in America today is character. That's what we need. You know, there are people, whether, whether we're choosing a, a pastor or even a president, oh, he's handsome. How stupid is that? How stupid is that? I mean, how stupid is that? I heard a woman say that. I voted for Bill because he's handsome, talking about Clinton. And then followed it up, I watched him on the Arsenio, uh, the Arsenio show, and he was playing the, uh, wasn't it trumpet, what was it? The saxophone. And she said, that seemed so sexy. That's why we wanted our president. No. 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 I mean, the craziest things I've heard because people pick, uh, uh, churches pick a pastor, and that is totally wrong-headed thinking. 
I'll tell you another thing that really would help, help every, and I should get some good amens on this. I should anyway. <laughs> it would help every young person here for you to do a hard job. Yeah. A hard job. Because you know what happens when you get a good job? That makes you thankful for that good job. When I heard George Thomason talking about one of the jobs that he has as a youth, he's got to be jumping handsprings. <laughs> Working in a chicken house. And he said by the time he was done, it was, it, it, it was, was going down both, both elbows. And he, and he said it was the worst job he'd ever had in all of his born days. Don't want to make fun of any of the postal workers, but he said they was uh, one of the postal, this postal guy that comes in here uh, all the time. And he was griping about, well, we just ain't getting the right benefits and we ain't getting this and that. And George told him that, that chicken story. <laughs> and the guy goes, well, you know, I ain't got it that bad. <laughs> I don't have it that bad. And something that we take, uh, make a big deal about is picking up paper around here. And that's for the staff and that's for everybody. And here's the reason why. Because Jesus said, if you take care of little bitty things, there'll be bigger things that come down the pike for you. That's right. That's right. Someone told Michelangelo that he was too interested in the little things. This is what Michelangelo answered back. You he goes, this, someone said, you spend too much time on little things. Michelangelo said, little things make perfection and perfection is no little thing. Good one. Why we start on time around here. As you've noticed, we start on time if the preacher's not here. We still start on time. There, there are churches that I've went in down through the years, well, and I walk in, and I've got there. I don't know the church real well, but I get there about five minutes till. And then you know, it's maybe an evening service, 7 o'clock rolls around, 7.05, 7.10. I ask somebody, what's going on here? Well, the, the, the piano player ain't here. <laughs> we started services in the other building when the piano player wasn't there. I picked up a songbook and started singing. Oh, my. Oh my. <laughs> That's right. But I was bound to determine that your time is important, you are important, and we was going to start on time. Too many preachers want, want things a shortcut, and churches want things short, shortcut. It takes prayer, it takes uh, study time, it takes prayer time with God. Uh, it just takes a lot of, of work when you get right down to it. Hey, another thing. I think that God wants his people to prepare. How many times have I been in churches to where? I, I, I'll give you the, the total swing of the pendulum. You got a song? Well, well, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, wait. It's, it's out in my car. Let me go get it. And they come and get their song. And they sing their song. Now, the other swing of the pendulum. You got a song? Oh, I don't really have a song. Oh, come on. Come on, Sister Bertha. Uh, we know you have a song. No, not tonight. Maybe some other time. Come on. I'm not really. I don't know if I've got anything. And Okay, I guess I will. And flops open a whole thing of songs. <laughs> That weighs 10 pounds. There's the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. Work a lot of times is spiritual. 
I, I believe honesty is spiritual. Yes. Character yes. is spiritual. Integrity is spiritual. Yes. And if you've heard me preach any time at all, you've heard this before. It's not personality, it's perseverance. Here is how it goes. In 1831, he failed in business. In 1832, he was defeated for the legislature. In 1833, he failed in business. In 1834, he was elected to the legislature. In 1838, he was defeated for speaker. In 1840, he was defeated for elector. In 1843, he was defeated for Congress. In 1846, he was elected to Congress. In 1848, he was defeated for Congress. In 1855, he was defeated for Congress. In 1856, he was defeated for Senate. In 1858, he was defeated for vice, for, uh, vice presidency. And in 1860, he was elected as president of the United States of America, and we all know him Abraham Lincoln. It took a lot of grit for that guy to finally get to where he needed to be and where we as a nation needed him to be at. Thomas Edison said, success is 2% inspiration. It's 98% perspiration. And Winston Churchill, and I'll do my best here, upon speaking to a graduating class, the same college that he himself had graduated from. And they're in the throes, England is, as well as America, and the free world is in the throes fighting against one Adolf Hitler and the whole Nazi regime. He said this, this was his speech. Never, 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 Never give up. And he exited the platform and took a seat. And with everybody from England, especially those soldiers that was there in that crowd, retired soldiers and vets and people that really knew what this man was, was going through at that time, as they gave him a standing ovation. And I'll grant you that was a speech that those Young men and women never forgot their whole life. We'll give him that kind of perseverance and grit. Adolf Hitler did. It was Hitler that sent Churchill the telegram that said, I will wring the neck of England like I would wring the neck of a chicken. And he wore that every day from the day he got it until the war was ended. There was, a, there was a, tr a something troublesome that he had to climb. There was something that he had to get over. There was something that he had to defeat. And it made him the guy that he was. Thank God. Persevere. Persevere. Sometimes you got to persevere. My wife and, he and I are here. When you're mad, we're here. When you're glad, we're here. When you're sad, we're here. When you're bad, we're here. As you heard it said before, through the thick or the thin. And that's been true. I'll tell you another thing. We need to carry our cross. 
And don't be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. I'll tell you another thing. We need to praise God no matter what you're going through. David said, I will praise God seven times every day. And some of you can't even pray over your meal. They give you another one. Enjoy the journey. First time I ever went to Tulsa. It was like, man, look at that. Wow, see that. Wow. Look, kids. I was like Chevy Chase. Look, kids. There's, there's the biggest McDonald's in all the world. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. The second time I made that trip, that's a pretty big McDonald's right there. Drove right on. Third time I made that trip, didn't mention anything about McDonald's. It was like, this Oklahoma, it's just a barren bunch of nothing. <laughs> It's, their, their license plate is right. It's okay. That's just about all, all you can say for it. It's okay. Oh, yeah, church. Woo! Started going to that Orchardville church. Really like that. And in three months, well, you know, they sang the same songs they sang the last week. That tells more about you than it does about Orchardville church. Amen. See, that, that journey told more about me than it did the journey that I was taking. It's up to you how you're going to make the trip. Yeah, it's up to you how you're going to make the trip. Ah, that preacher, he combs his hair. Well, I wish. (laughs) I went on the wrong side. (laughs) It's a sin to have a yesterday syndrome. Yesterday. Yesterday. Or you heard me say it before about... Um, uh, no, I can't. I tell you, I've been here so long, I can't tell nothing. That I ain't told 1,500 times. <clears throat> Let me give you this, then we'll just about close down here. Well, this is a good way to start a sentence when I say, you've heard me say this before. It's like Kramer saying, my wife, my wife, that's a good way to start a sentence. My wife did such and so. But uh, you've heard me say this before. <laughs> P-R-I-D-E. What's in the middle of pride? I. I. S-I-N. I. I. That's true. And a lot of times, for churches especially, it's someday aisle. Someday aisle. Someday aisle. Or yesterday, that's how we did it a long time ago. And it's like they're stuck on an island. Someday aisle. Yesterday aisle. No. God can do things right here and here and now. Plan A for Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach against it. Plan A. Plan B, a great fish. That's what happened to old brother Jonah. He didn't take God's plan A and arise and preach against the city and God would have done remarkable things. No, he chose plan B. And God prepared a great fish, and it swallowed Jonah whole. People say, I don't know if I believe that or not. You know what? Hey, where I'm at. If it's in this book, I'd believe it if it said Jonah swallowed the fish whole. That's right. That's right. But here's the thing with old Jonah. Jonah, in the 
This is the first recorded submarine ride in history. <laughs> At the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea, his prayer is, Oh God, oh God, I delight to do your will, oh God. <laughs> See, Jonah wanted to exit the same way he entered. He didn't want to exit a different way. Yeah. Isn't it right? That's right. That's exactly right. Here I'll be like O.T.D. Jakes where he just does his head and his neck and... Yeah. Give me your attention here just for a few minutes. This is... Some of you have heard it, some of you haven't. This is Conrad, the shoemaker. His friends went home. His face grew still as he watched for the shadow to cross the sill. He lived all the moments o'er and o'er when the Lord should enter his lowly door. The knock, the call, the latch pulled up, the lighted face, the offered cup. He would wash the feet where the spikes had been he would kiss the hands where the nails had went in. And then at last he would sit down with him and break the bread as the day grew dim. As he waited and waited, Conrad, the shoemaker, heard a knock at the door. And he answered the door, and it was a beggar. And the beggar said, I know that you are a cobbler, a shoemaker, could you make me a pair of shoes? And he looked at his feet, and he had a little of nothing on his feet. And he said, come in and have, a, and have a seat. And all the while, he's thinking, he's going to show up right in the middle of this. And me trying to find this, this, this beggar, a pair of shoes, he's going to show up. He's, I know he is. He's going to show up. And he looks in the back room, and he finds the perfect match for the man. And the man tries them on, and he thanks him over and over and over and he's almost trying to just push him out the door. And no sooner than he had turned to go back to where he was seated, to waiting for the, his visitor, the Lord, to show up, a knock at the door. And he goes and opens the door. And it's an elderly woman. And she said, I am so hungry. Would you have something for me to eat? And he said, come in. Sit down. He fixed her some of the leftovers that he had eaten, put it before she ate, and he's thinking, oh, he's going he's gonna to show up. And Here, I'm in the middle of this. and He's going to show up. She laughed, and he hurriedly washed the dishes and put them away. It was a little boy. A little boy said, Mr., I'm hungry. Would you have anything that I could eat? He said, yes, sit down. He cooked him something to eat and give to the little boy the whole time thinking he's going to show up in the middle of this and I'm not prepared. The little boy finally gets done. He shows him to the door. Conrad, the shoemaker, walks over and washes the dishes and sits down and thinks, I've missed it. 
And then he hears a knock at the door. And he opens it. And no one's there. But he hears a voice within his own self that's so clean and pure and clear that he knows it's the one that he's been waiting for. The man says to the Lord, why is it, Lord, that your feet delay? Did you forget that this was the day? And soft in the silence, a voice was heard, lift up your heart, for I have kept my word. Three times I came to your friendly door. Three times my shadow was on your floor. I was the beggar with the bruised feet. I was the woman you gave something to eat. And I was the child on the homeless street. Do something. And I think this is the call that God has for each and every person that says, yes, I am a Christian. God is speaking for you to do something. But if you are here today, and for whatever the reason, the purpose, the why, the how, the who, I don't know, but something has kept you back from asking Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life, if that is the case, I want you to simply, in just a minute's time, I want everybody to bow their head, Everybody bow your your head, and in a minute, I'm going to give you a minute's time. And if while I'm speaking, if this this would be you, that you would know that you need Jesus Christ as as your Savior and Lord, I want you to raise your hand, and I'm going to pray for you. I don't want to, I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but man, we want to give everybody the opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. Okay, all right, all right. Thank you for being, thank you for being honest. Thank you for that. The church has something today for every person who is like Conrad that's willing to do something. That is not a bless me song. That is a song saying, God, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. And we have something that we want to give every person who feels like that that is what they do at this church. That they are a help. That they are a benefit. That they are a volunteer. That they are doing something. Something. That they are doing something, thank God. Because this church cannot operate if it's just me and Kay. And if it's just me and Kay and a few others, it can't operate, but it can when everybody gets involved. When everybody gets involved, amen? Amen. When everybody gets involved. When everybody gets involved. Amen. 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 All right. Here's what we're given today. I think when they're all said and done, if there's any left over, I'm going to take one myself. But it says... Do something, Orchardville Church. And if you cannot walk the steps, uh, you just get, you tell someone and they'll, and they'll get you one. So uh, come right on. They're yours.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.